Hello, I'm Jackie. This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for week ending Saturday the 17th of June. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, COVID Tribute Plan Approved, and from the Lurgan Mail, PSNI Apology to McCurr Family. Now over to Sarah, who brings you our first story. COVID tribute plan approved. In a lasting tribute to borough residents who lost their lives during the COVID-19 pandemic, ABC Borough Council looks set to erect a number of commemorative plaques in addition to an ongoing tree planting programme. At June the 8th, Environmental Services Committee meeting considered a report, prepared after the local authority was earlier this year contacted by Memory Stones of Love, an organisation set up to remember everyone lost during the pandemic, in which officers suggested commemorative plaques be placed on existing benches at Craigavon Civic Centre, the Palace Building, Armagh, and Solitude Park, Banbridge, with a memorial tree planted at each location. The expected total cost of £220 would be met under existing budgets. Meanwhile, of trees to be planted along the Portadown Murray Canal towpath, in memory of 362 borough residents who lost their lives to COVID-19, some 200 are in place, with the remainder due to be planted this autumn. It is proposed the commemorative plaques be unveiled to coincide with a tree dedication event, due to take place at a suitable point after the remaining 162 trees have been planted. Alderman Paul Berry proposed the officer's recommendations be approved, in which he was seconded by Councillor Julie Faherty, albeit that she urged officers to be a bit more specific about timelines. Committee Chair Councillor Keith Hawken, having noted Councillor Faherty's comments, the Chamber approved the proposal. PSNI apology to McCare family. <coughs> the family of Lurgan man Jerry McCare one of the 14 hooded men tortured after they were detained by security forces in 1971, attended a Tuesday meeting with the PSNI at which they received an apology for the actions of police officers at that time. <coughs> Mr. McCare, who died in 2015, was one of 14 Catholic men who were subjected to torture when they were held without charge in 1971. Another man, Joe Clark from Belfast, died this week after a long battle with cancer. Mr Clark, aged 71, received his letter of apology from the police last week when Lurgan man Jim McElmurray, who spearheaded the campaign to exonerate the men, read the letter to him on his deathbed in front of his wife, reporting the week he was able to say, ah, brilliant, and hold the letter of apology to his chest. Welcoming the apology, Mr. McElmurray said that while it appeared the case was over, he planned to continue the fight and was demanding an apology from the government. I have no intention of stopping until I do, he said. As well as Jerry McCare and Joe Clark, the other hooded men were Jim Auld from Belfast, Pat Shavers from Toome, Michael Donnelly from Derry, Brian Turley and Patrick McNally, both Armagh, Kevin Hannaway from Belfast, 
Paddy Joe McLean from Beira, Francie McGuigan, Belfast, Michael Montgomery, Derry, Davy Rogers, Warren Point, Sean McKenna, Murray, and Liam Shannon, Belfast. After a long campaign two years ago, the UK Supreme Court ruled the techniques the men were subjected to would be characterised as torture by today's standards. Detective Chiefs, Chief Superintendent Ian Saunders, head of Legacy Investigation and Disclosures Branch, said the police service has written to a number of individuals, including the late Mr Joe Clark and the next of kin of deceased individuals of the hooded men. Today, the surviving hooded men and the families of the deceased men met with Ian Saunders, head of the Legacy Commission, to receive their individual letters. It was then they were told that Joe had received his days earlier. There was a very emotional reaction from all those present. This may appear case over, but I also want one now, an apology from the British government, and I have no intention of stopping until I do. Dara Macklin of Phoenix Law, who acted for the majority of the hooded men, and the recently deceased Mr Clark said, this is a seismic development in a seismic case. Most importantly, in times of debate on how the legacy of the past should be addressed, we can and should forever point to the case of the hooded men as the pin-up of due process, humanity and resolution coming together under one umbrella. This case is an example of why the efforts by the British government to brush the legacy of the past under the carpet will never and can never work. Tribute ought to be paid to those at the upper echelons of the PSNI, and in particular SEC Todd and he head of legacy branch Mr Ian Saunders, who despite the sensitivities engaged in an extensive negotiation and against all odds ensured the de delivery of an apology before the passing of Mr Clark. Today those efforts must be acknowledged and appreciated in what is truly a landmark development. And now for the Rota Chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 18th of June, the chemist is Partridge Chemist of 206 West Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 19th of June, the chemist is Anderson's Pharmacy of 92 Thomas Street, open until 7pm. There is no Rota Chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines. On Sunday, the 18th of June, the chemist is Gordon's Chemist of 10 Market Street, open from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday, the 19th of June, the chemist is Partridge Chemist of 36 High Street, open until 7 p.m. There is no Rota Chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. A Lurgan man has been fined £400 after pleading guilty to possessing Class A and Class C drugs. Simon Apsley Smith, 34, from Hazelgrove Avenue, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court last Wednesday, June the 7th. The court heard that on December the 23rd last year, police searched the defendant's address. In his bedroom, they found two pink tablets and in the kitchen area, police located the Azepam tablets, which the defendant said belonged to him. A prosecutor said the tablets were tested and came back as Class C drug diazepam, 
and the Class A drug 2CB, otherwise MDMA. The court heard the defendant had previously been cautioned in June 2021 for having a Class A drug. Smith's barrister, Damien Halloran, said his client was in receipt of benefits, to which District Judge Bernie Kelly replied, of course he is, otherwise he wouldn't be fit to afford drugs. Mr Halloran said his client was experimenting with something which he thought was a non-prescribed substance. Mrs Kelly responded, he genuinely thought that he could buy it over the counter in any pharmacy. Mr Halloran said he had a previous caution, but he has made admissions and he is entitled to credit in respect of that. The district judge said he needs to be reminded if he continues in this pathway, he is going to come to the end of the road in the not too distant future. For possession of the Class C drug, Smith was fined £100, together with the offender levy, and for the Class A, he was fined £300 and a destruction order for the drugs. A district judge at Craigavon Magistrates Court has urged the Public Prosecution Service to assign a female prosecutor to review the case of a man facing voyeurism and computer hacking charges. Christopher McSherry, 35, from Drumnagoon Meadows, Craigavon, is accused of unauthorised access to computer material and six counts of recording voyeurism. In court last Wednesday, June the 7th, District Judge Bernie Kelly asked the prosecuting lawyer, are you seriously prosecuting this in the magistrate's court? When the prosecutor responded, yes, she added that the file had been assessed by a senior prosecutor. I assume it was a male prosecutor, asked the judge. The prosecutor confirmed it was. Judge Kelly asked that a female prosecutor look at the file, adding, it's the sheer number of different individuals and this went on for many years. No further details of the alleged offences were opened in court. McSherry is accused that on a date between December the 31st, 2015 and January 22nd, 2019, he caused a computer to perform a function with intent to secure access to a programme or data held in a computer contrary to section one of the Computer Misuse Act 1990. He is also facing six counts of recording a female on a date unknown between December 31st, 2017 and January 1st, 2019, doing a private act with the intention that he or a third person for the purpose of obtaining sexual gratification would look at an image of the person doing the act. The case was adjourned until June 21st. An arrest warrant was issued for a Lurgan farmer who left Craigavon Magistrates Court at lunchtime on Friday before his sentencing for assaulting police as there were cattle to be moved. James Conn Geddes, aged 55, from Dean's Road, appeared before the court before lunchtime for sentencing, having pleaded guilty to two charges of assaulting police and resisting police on November 30th last year. Geddes' barrister, Damien Halloran, told District Judge Bernie Kelly, it's not a sentencing exercise at the moment because there was an attempt to do an addendum pre-sentence report and it didn't go very well. I think that's probably the first way to put it. The district judge said it was a free world and he, Geddes, had chosen immediate custody. Mr Halloran said both he and Geddes' solicitor had spoken to him and given him frank advice about his behaviour. He now regrets his behaviour, said Mr Halloran. The district judge said part of the sentence deferral agreement was that he would do an up-to-date pre-sentence report.
Mr. Halloran said his client was frustrated as he didn't understand why he had to get an addendum report as, as far as he was concerned, he had abided by the conditions of the deferral up to that point. The probation officer made reference to a charge that was not proceeded with that and started the adverse interaction. He said, I am asking your honour to give him one final opportunity, otherwise he is going to jail. He knows if he is going to jail if he doesn't turn up to probation and behave himself. District Judge Kelly asked, what sort of a cheeky man was he to come out with that to probation and asked what Mr. Con Geddes University degree was, at what age he left school and with what qualifications. Mr. Halloran said he understood his client had left school at 16 and had been farming since. The district judge at 1.10pm adjourned court for lunch. After lunch, when the case was recalled, Mr. Halloran revealed that his client was no longer in court. He had gone to the farm as there are cattle to be moved, apparently, Mr. Halloran told the court. District Judge Bernie Kelly issued a warrant for the defendant's arrest. A Portadown sex offender who met a man on the dating app Grinder while he was subject to a sexual offences prevention order has been handed down a four-month jail term. Lee Harper, 29, of Edward Street, appeared from McGilligan Prison via video link at Craigavon Magistrates Court last Friday, June the 9th, charged with breaching a sexual offences prevention order, SOPO. A prosecutor told the court that on May 19th this year, police received a statement from a prison officer the defendant was in prison at the time. That statement outlined the defendant had requested that a number of individuals be added to his Telio account at the prison phone system, and said the prosecutor, adding that one man's name was queried and the defendant described him as a friend. Thereafter, the prison made, uh, made contact with this individual who stated he had met the defendant via the Grinder dating app. The defendant accepted he had met up with this individual on two occasions prior to being in custody and that he had used that particular app. That placed him in breach of a number of conditions of the SOPO in which he is subject to entering into relationships and use of devices and so forth. He was interviewed and provided no comment to questions asked. The defendant's solicitor said the incident occurred in early 2021. His record isn't great and for the same type of offending, he told the court. District Judge Bernie Kelly said, that's part of the problem with not cooperating with these orders. These orders are in place for a reason. When you look at his record, you can obviously see the reason. Harper's solicitor said his client had been in custody for a considerable period due to the recall of his licence, adding, his release date is October 2023, and he is working hard towards that. However, District Judge Kelly said he hasn't really learned an awful lot given that his offending has been going on now for somewhere in the order of 12 years and there has been no change. Harper's solicitor said it was a guilty plea at the earliest opportunity. Given his current custodial status, there is only one sentence I can impose, said the district judge, who imposed a four-month jail sentence to run concurrently with the defendant's current sentence. 
Police have appealed for information after extensive damage was caused on a building site in Craigavon. The incident happened in the Drumnagoon Park area, part of a larger development. Police said in a post on Facebook they are investigating reports of extensive criminal damage at a building site at Drumnagoon Park over the weekend, of May the 2nd to the 4th, adding if you have witnessed anything or have any information, please contact police on 101, quoting reference number 356 of the 5th of the 6th, 23. Pictures. A number of primary schools have included photos of their primary seven classes. These are children who will go on to secondary school in September. They are Bacombra, Seagull, Hart Memorial, Richmond, The Cope, Edenderry, Drumgore, St John's English, Portadown Independent Christian School, Derry Hill, Myallen, Clare, The Birches, Millington and Blairy. Local government. It is deeply worrying that we continue to see an unacceptable level of drugs within the area that are destroying lives and decimating communities, so said Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart after a meeting with local police chiefs. Mrs Lockhart and DUP party colleague Councillor Peter Herr met Lurgan Neighbourhood Policing Team to discuss a range of issues impacting the community and to discuss resourcing within the local PSNI team. I have regular engagement the PSNI, with the PSNI across all levels, said Mrs Lockhart, but it is the officers on the ground within our community who are tasked with delivering effective community policing. This meeting was a useful opportunity for Peter and I to raise issues of community concern and also to highlight some upcoming issues that will require PSNI support. It is deeply worrying that we continue to see an unacceptable level of drugs within the area that are destroying lives and decimating communities. We have seen some PSNI success in drug seizures, but we need to see more action against those peddling drugs within our town. Likewise, in terms of antisocial behaviour and vandalism, we need targeted action in hotspots which are well known. The community wants to see action and that demand was made clear to the NPT. We also have the summer season approaching with the 12th demonstration being hosted by Lurgan District. This is a wonderful day of celebration but one that will require appropriate policing. I am confident that the PSNI plans will be fitting and that we can all enjoy a safe and enjoyable day. As always, the PSNI continue to require community support in terms of information and I would encourage people to work with them in tackling crime in Lurgan. This is vital to ensuring effective policing and safer communities. A PSNI spokesperson said, Police are aware of concerns about antisocial behaviour and drug offences in the Lurgan area and our officers and staff will continue to work alongside local representatives, partner agencies and the community to identify and progress collaborative, proactive and practical methods to address the problems. Inspector David McNary added, we are committed to working together and welcome discussions with and information from the community and local elected representatives to inform what we are doing and what we can do collectively. Our officers continue to provide a visible policing presence throughout the town.
We monitor crime trends and deploy our people and resources to the areas of greatest need and vulnerability and regularly run targeted policing operations, working alongside other police colleagues and wider partners to address community concerns. We all have a responsibility to help make where we, where we live safer for everyone. At its June the 5th AGM, Armagh City, Banbridge and Fregavon Borough Council confirmed the chairs and vice chairs of its six committees for 2023-24. Sinn Féin's councillor Kevin Savage will chair the Economic Development and Regeneration Committee with Alliance's councillor Robbie Alexander as vice chair. The Environmental Services Committee will be chaired by Sinn Féin's councillor Keith Hochian with independent councillor Paul Berry as vice chair. Sinn Féin's councillor Liam Mackle will chair the Governance, Resources and Strategy Committee with the DUP's councillor Kyle Moutre as vice chair. DUP councillor Ian Wilson will chair the Leisure Services Committee with Sinn Féin councillor John Ogle-Kane as vice chair. The Performance and Audit Committee will be chaired by DUP councillor Paul Greenfield with Sinn Féin councillor Rona Hockey as vice chair. UUP Alderman Glenn Barr is chair of the planning committee with party colleague councillor Gordon Kennedy as vice chair. On behalf of Killacamian residents, unhappy about the condition of the area's Abercorn Play Park, newly appointed Lord Mayor Alderman Margaret Tinsley has quizzed councillor officers about the local authorities' play park strategy. At a June 12th meeting of the Council's Leisure and Community Service Services Committee, Alderman Tinsley asked about the status of the play park at Abercorn Park. With regards to the play park strategy, where are we with it, she asked. Abercorn Park in Killigamine has been identified quite a time ago as needing to go on to the play park strategy, but I am not exactly sure where it sits at present. The equipment now has broken down and a lot of it is being taken away and it is causing a lot of upset with residents. Is there some sort of timescale that I can feed back as to when that will be on the plan? I would very much appreciate that. A council officer told the chamber a presentation should be provided to members in the behind closed doors section of the meeting that the officer said would give a bit of a timeline for phase two of the play park strategy. The officer also confirmed he would discuss the individual park in question with colleagues and come back to Alderman Tinsley with an overview of the situation after the meeting. At the same meetings, Alderman Tinsley separately paid tribute to the local authorities' health and recreation staff, who had been working tirelessly to deliver a range of events across the borough, she said. Alderman Tinsley noted the number of events that had taken place across the borough recently and wanted to make sure, she said, that those responsible for their organisation knew that their efforts were appreciated. Paying particular attention to the 2023 Craigavon Lakes Run, the Lord Mayor described it as a fantastic event that was very much appreciated by local residents. It was a fantastic evening and the crowd was brilliant. There are a lot of activities going on and I just want to thank the officers and all of the staff involved for carrying out all of these events and make sure they know it is very much appreciated by all the residents in the area. Amid some local concerns, plans to convert a farm building into a shop 
and six self-catering units on the outskirts of Armagh have been given the nod. This after one objector's hopes of addressing the local authorities' planning committee failed foul of council protocol. Applicants MJ and JR Scott sought permission to convert an existing farm building at land 60 metres north and 100 metres northeast of 117 Drummondmore Road. And while there were no statutory objections, there were four third party representations raising concerns. Objectors believe that the application is not in keeping with the area, that the proposed design is out of keeping with the development on the road, that the entrance is on a dangerous corner close to the brow of a hill, and that the location is at a point in the road dangerous for pedestrians to cross in the absence of a footpath. In a report to the committee, council planners said the site was located outside of any settlement development limits, and having assessed the application, they concluded the proposal complied with the SPPS and all other relevant planning policies. They therefore recommended the application be approved. Speaking in support of the application, William Irwin, MLA, said this application will enable a very positive economic investment in the area and it will add positively to the existing tourism and attraction of the lake as well as create employment and have a positive knock-on effect on the surrounding area. Addressing the Chamber, the agent Weir and Weir Architects Limited said they would like it noted that Newry, Mourne and Down District Council recognised the type of accommodation proposed as having added value to its already thriving tourist industry. Councillor Paul Duffy asked if the sight lines had been considered in the proposal and was told the full details were before DFI Roads, who raised no objections. Councillor Ian Wilson welcomed the application, adding, to see a bit of diversification that will encourage tourism into our borough is a good thing. It is a detailed report. A stone hasn't been left unturned in this report and it will enhance our local rural community and I think we should be encouraging the likes of this application. Alderman Gordon Kennedy proposed approval, seconded by Councillor Ian Wilson, before the Chamber voiced its assent. At a June 8th meeting of the Council's Environmental Services Committee, Alderman Stephen Moutre noted the Department's Business Plan Progress Report showed it achieved only 35.7% of its targets in the 2022-23 business year. The Lurgan representative noticed, noted that 35.7% of the targets were regarded as having fallen slightly short or behind schedule and 286 had not been achieved or had been missed. Alderman Moutre asked what the council intended to do to improve the situation. Strategic Director of Neighbourhood Services, Jonathan Hayes, accepted Alderman Moutre was quite right in his assessment and told the Chamber specific action plans would be adopted, adding, over the summer months we will be updating members with a view to a more detailed report in relation to action plans and outcomes associated with the work to which a number of these items currently relate. This has not gone unnoticed from a senior management point of view and we will be ensuring that these actions are closed out in a timely way. Councillor Julie Flaherty said she was quite concerned but not surprised 
about the contents of the report. Mr Hayes said there had been good progress in terms of engagement with staff and promised a contact list would be circulated to all members. Councillor Tim McClellan asked how the implementation of the service improvement plan progressed from the second to the third quarter but went backwards in quarter four. Mr Hayes said progress was being made as planned during quarter three but a period of industrial action impacted on the council's quarter four performance. Alderman Fallberry said one of the major problems with the department was a lack of consistency in service levels across the borough and said management needed to quickly get to grip with the situation, noting it was ultimately ratepayers who were losing out on the service they were paying for. There's something seriously wrong with management that in a large organisation, when one staff member is off on leave, we lose a service because one person takes leave they're entitled to. You would like to think that there is someone there to manage filling in that post for the next week or next two weeks instead of us as councillors trying to manage it. How are we getting on top of this? Are we going to see changes soon? I'm sick looking at litter and weeds growing in our town centres and nothing happening. It's the ratepayers that are losing out. They're paying rates and are not seeing the delivery of service. Mr Hayes said the issues would be discussed in detail in working groups over the summer months ahead of the rate-setting process for 2024-25. We will sit down with members and go through this in some detail, he said. The concerns have been noted and will be addressed by officers in due course. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council's Development Committee has approved the name of a housing development on the outskirts of Portadown. At a meeting of the committee on Wednesday, June 7th, Members were told of a request to name an 18-dwelling development on the Derry Hill Road. A report on the matter informed members of the committee that a request to name the development had been received, with three options put forward by the developer for their consideration. The options submitted were Derry Hill Gardens, Derry Hill Park and Derry Hill Grange. It was explained the applicant's preferred name for the site was Derry Hill Gardens. The reasoning for this is that the site is accessed off the Derry Hill Road and located within the townland of Derry Hill. Members were advised the proposed names complied with the Council's policy. Officers were not aware of any financial implications for the local authority over and above the normal costs associated with the erection of street naming signs associated with the development. As such, a recommendation was put forward by Councillor Paul Duffy to approve the name Derry Hill Gardens. The proposal was seconded by a Sinn Féin party colleague, Councillor Brona Hockey, and the Chamber then voiced its support for the recommendation. Users of Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council-owned lakes and waterways are being warned of the potential danger of algae. The Council is encouraging all visitors to local sites to be mindful of the signs of blue-green algae and that they must exercise precautionary measures. Blue-green algae are tiny organisms that can multiply in still waters and along its edges during times of warm weather, discolouring the water so that it appears green, blue-green or greenish-brown. Some, but not all, blue-green algae produce toxins which can release into the water and may cause illness such as skin irritation, liver damage and nervous system damage. Lord Mayor Alderman Margaret Tinsley said 
this current spell of sunny weather acts as a timely reminder for those who visit council lakes and waterways, either to walk their dog or to fish, to be aware of the dangers of blue-green algae. Similar to the majority of freshwater bodies throughout Northern Ireland, blue-green algae are naturally present for most of the year in many council-owned waterways. And while the warmer, calmer weather can result in the formation of algal blooms, I would like to reassure residents that Council monitors and manages its lakes to reduce the likelihood of algal blooms and also puts in place advisory signage where appropriate. Council officers routinely inspect the water quality of the lakes, particularly in areas where Council water sports activities are undertaken. And in these locations, staff carry out daily risk assessments throughout the summer months and where required, take all necessary measures to ensure public safety. Nevertheless, it's important to stress that everyone should be aware of the general dangers of blue-green algae and remain vigilant. If any water users suspect blue-green algae to be present, they should avoid skin contact with the water and the algae scum, keep all animals and livestock away from the water, do not eat fish from the lake that appear on whale. Do not drink the water. Any concerns regarding blue-green algae at council-owned waters should be reported to info at armabambridgecraigavon.gov.uk. Deaths in the community. Carson, June the 9th, 2023. Peacefully at hospital. Richard Dick. 16, the manor of Portadown, beloved husband of Kathleen, much-loved father of Jonathan, Mark and partner Julie, and devoted grandfather of Evie. Funeral took place on Monday the 12th of June to First Portadown Presbyterian Church, Edenderry, followed by interment in Kernan Cemetery. Cunningham, Ronald A., known as Ronnie, 6th of June, 2023, peacefully at home, Gilligamian Grove, Portadown, cherished husband of the late Francis Fye, loving father of Gary and Alan, also a devoted grandfather of Tom and Christian, funeral service has taken place. McClelland, William Morris, died peacefully in hospital 7th of June 2023, a much-loved brother, sadly missed by sisters Hilary and Jean. Richardson, Grace, 16th of June, 2022. Much-loved sister of Joe, Helen, Millicent, Eleanor and Belle. Loved and missed always. Bailey, Roberta, the 9th of June, 2023. Peacefully at Rumbane Nursing Home. Late of Banbridge Road, Lurgan. Dearly loved, dearly loved wife of the late Brian. Beloved mother of Colin. Mother-in-law of Lynn and proud and devoted grandmother of Ryan and Kirsten. The funeral took place on Sunday the 11th of June at Holy Trinity Parish Church, Warringstown. It's Father's Day on Sunday and SD Kells have a sale offering 20% off menswear and 10% off shoes and accessories. And you can find SD Kells in Portadown, Lurgan and Banbridge. Time for the diary. We're reminding you again, Craigavon Talking Newspaper AGM 
is on Wednesday the 28th of June in the downstairs hall in Armagh Road. 7pm for a 7.30 start. It's a, a level access. There's parking nearby. You even get tea or coffee on arrival. If you would like to attend, please feel free to do so. And you can put a note in your wallet to say how many people are coming as you're welcome to bring a, a friend or family member with you. Sport. Glenavon manager Gary Hamilton says new signing Niall Quinn is one of the best left-handed sided players that he has seen during his time in the Irish League. The 29-year-old penned a deal with the Lurgan Blues on Saturday following the expiration of his contract at Linfield, a club where he made over 360 appearances and won five Premiership titles. He joins Bobby Dean and Stephen Taggart as new recruits at Mournview Park ahead of the 2023-24 season and Hamilton believes he's getting one of Linfield's most consistent players. Hamilton will now set his sights on finding a replacement for striker Matthew Fitzpatrick, who moved to Linfield this summer. The 28-year-old was named in the 2022-23 Premiership team of the season after scoring 19 league goals in 35 appearances. But Hamilton admits he may have to be patient as he looks to find the right fit. We know that we need a striker now, he added on the Glenavon Club website. We might have to be patient on that front. But if we can get a striker, along with the three signings that we have made, we'll have a good squad again this coming season. I really feel Niall will vastly improve the squad and I look forward to seeing him in a Glenavon shirt. Ryan Mayes has enjoyed many hard-fought battles with Portadown over the years, but now he's fully focused on helping the Shamrock Park Club achieve its goal of Premiership promotion. The 29-year-old was announced last week as Niall Curry continues his impressive summer rebuild with Mayes joining the likes of Gary Thompson, Ross Redmond and Caelan Coyne. Midfield maestro Mayes has played against Portadown 17 times during his career, which started out with Dungannon Swifts and has included spells with Strathroy Harps, Dergview, Balnamallard United and Balamini United. He joins on a three-year deal following a third spell at Stangmore Park and he's determined to play his part in the ports immediately bouncing back to the top flight after last season's relegation to the championship. Curry has made no secret of the fact that he has tried to acquire the services of Mays on a number of occasions and he said it was an easy decision to make the move after speaking to his new manager despite a new contract offer from the Swifts. Lurgan bowlers Jeff McCullough and Nigel Hamilton played exceptional bowls to win sensationally by 18-15 at Ward Park last Monday night against the long-term banger pairing of Rodney McCutcheon and Keith Taylor. They go on to round three to meet brothers Matthew and Alex Cromie at Bambridge next Monday night. On the same evening, Alan Briggs and Ronan Cregan travelled the short distance to the Bambridge Green where they overcame Peter Hawkey and Gavin Blakely by 22 to 16 to progress to round three. John Gilliland and Sam McCombs were away to Jim McConnell and Jim Stevenson and along and were unfortunate to lose 18-17 in a tense finish with McConnell and Stevenson lying to win. 
Vic Holmes lifted the jack successfully with a mighty shot only for the jack to go in the wrong direction, for the analogue pair to lie with another of their bowls and for them to win an excellent match. Peter Jew and Ian Ferguson faced a tough Bambridge pair, Tony Bell and Martin Nelson, and were unfortunate to bow out to finish this year's run for them in the NIBA Pairs Championship. Lurgan 65, Bambridge 31. It was another fine Thursday afternoon in Lurgan Park when the Lurgan ladies bowling team met the ladies from Bambridge when the home side played well to secure a vital five-point win and stay atop on the senior league. Irene Doon and her team got off to an amazing start on rink one, with them taking their first shot on the first end, six on the second, four on the third and two on the fourth giving them a commanding lead of 13 shots after just four ends. Bambridge then took five out of the next six ends, bringing the score to Lurgan 14, Bambridge 6 at the 10th end. During the final eight ends, Lurgan took control of the game and Bambridge only managed to gain one shot. The final rink score was Lurgan 25, Bambridge 7. On rink two, Doreen Whelan and her team were on top form again. In the first half of the match, Bambridge only managed to score one shot against Lurgan 16. In the final nine ends, Bambridge won five ends, but the shots were not enough, with the final score of Lurgan 25, Bambridge 8. Rink 3 was skipped by Angela Thompson, and this match became more of a nail-biter. The match went back and forth with two equally matched teams, and after the sixth end, the scores were seven each. Then on the tenth end, it was ten each. This match could have been anyone's. However, after the 15th end and with only three ends to go, Lurgan took a three-shot lead, with scores showing Lurgan 15, Bambridge 12. Over the next two ends, Bambridge pulled back and brought scores level again at 15 shots. It was all down to the last end, with the both teams taking their turns and as the tight head was checked, Bambridge had got the shots. With rink score finishing Lurgan 15, Bambridge 16. Final overall score, Lurgan 65, Bambridge 31, resulting in Lurgan gaining 5 points for the match and remaining on top of the NIWBA Senior League. On Thursday, Lurgan ladies are away to put it on in a Senior League match that is crucial for Lurgan to win to further consolidate their top of the league position. Lurgan Raid 35, Dumbarton 27. Veterans team Lurgan Raid advanced at the top of the NIVBL Zone B Section 4 to take their points tally to 36 when they beat neighbours Dunbarton by eight shots on Monday on a great running home green. Neil Harvey, Dick McLoon, Declan McCabry and Alan Roberts, after losing the first two ends, recovered to go into a 6-2 lead after the fifth end and then to overall Norman Cunningham's rink to be 12-5 ahead on the 12th. The Lurgan Four moved into top gear to take nine shots off the next three ends to put the opposition out of sight and finish with a scintillating 22-8 win to secure four points towards the Lurgan Red overall win on the day. On the adjacent rink, Desi Simpson, Peter Ruffold, Peter McGrail and Harry Cosgrove found the going tough facing a determined Dunbarton rink. Coming from a 3-18 down after the 12th end, 
the home rink made a slight recovery, but ended up losing out by six shots. Next Monday, Lurgan Reds are away to Kilkeel side Esplanade United, where they hope to bring home the points and maintain their top of the Section 4 position. It's a big week for the veterans who are still playing in the NIVBL competitions. Sam McCombs meets a Hilden bowler at home in the second round of the Lane McMurtry singles. While following their magnificent win at Ward Park in the first round, the Thornton Purr, Harry Cosgrove and Robert Kennedy are off to challenge an old bleach pairing in the next round. Peter Dew, Alan Briggs and Ian Ferguson are at home to a Belmont triple in the second round of the Richardson Trophy triple after their fantastic home win against Jim Caldwell's Whitehead in the previous round with all these matches being played on Tuesday afternoon. In the McCullough Fours Cup, the second round match between Lurgan's John Murta, Robert Dorman, Mel Hamilton and Dick McLoon and Billy McLean's Portadown rink is being played on Friday afternoon on the Portadown Green. Lurgan Bowling Club coaching programme got underway last Monday and was a successful evening that was enjoyed by all present on a beautiful evening for the bowling. The sessions throughout the season will usually run on Monday nights from 7 to 9pm. Newcomers are most welcome at the Lurgan Club. When they come along, they will be introduced to the game by experienced coaches. If they wish to, they can contact Melvin Hamilton, the club's public relations officer, on 07854 Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy driver William Crichton, who hails from Moira, fought his way back from fourth place on the opening day of Ra Rally Italia Sardegna to secure the second FIA Junior World Rally Championship victory of his career. Crichton, 25, battled with monsoon weather and multiple punctures during the recent weekend event to add to his Rally Sweden victory and bolster his lead in the Junior WRC standings. Thanks to his tally of Wolf stage win points, Crichton now leads by an impressive 32 points, but with the tensions now turning to the next round, he isn't planning on backing off and is well aware that the championship is far from a done deal and there's plenty of work if he is to lift the impressive prize drive package from M Sport. The County Armagh man is in terrific form. He also won in Italy and was leading in Croatia before he went off the road. 21 years on from winning the Irish League title on the final day with Portadown, Peter McCann is celebrating another dramatic league triumph after helping Lurgan's Oxford sunny side achieve intermediate air glory. In a tense final to the 2001-02 campaign, the Ports defeated Cliftonville the 3-1 to pip Glentoran to the trophy. After goals from Gary Hamilton, Vinnie Arkins and Colin Feeney secured a come-from-behind victory, now aged 41, midfielder McCann who started his career with Blackburn Rovers before spending time with the likes of Glentoran, Newry City, Lisburn Distillery and Glenavon, is reliving similar emotions at Oxford Sunnyside, where crowned MUFL Intermediate A 
champions on goal difference from Crew United following Saturday's 1-0 win over Rich Hill, with McCann assisting Lennox Kamara for the decisive strike. The title success meant Oxford Sunnyside progressed into a Premier Intermediate League playoff against Cogue United and Rutherland Rangers, who had already booked their spot in the third tier for next season after winning both matches. The other place was up for grabs on Monday evening when Sunnyside travelled to Cogue. Ahead of that match, McCann said, It, meaning the promotion, would be huge. When I first came to the club and met with Paddy McCrory, manager, he had a great vision for the club and everyone was pushing to get promoted up through the leagues. It was not to be for the Lurgan side on the night with Cogue claiming a 1-0 victory, but Oxford Sunnyside remain on track for quadruple having already won the Ball Radcliffe Cup and Isaac Gilkinson Premier Cup, while they will take on Thornview Mill in the Marshall Cup final tomorrow, meaning Friday, in what could be a week to remember for the not Grammar Park Club. Success has made all the sweeter for McCann after he thought his playing days were over following a hand injury in January that required two plates, ten screws and a reconstruction to fix. Now back on the pitch, he's determined to keep playing for as long as possible but admits coaching has piqued his interest. News Summary Portadown Samaritans are helping local businesses create working environments that promote mental well-being. The charity is launching its new mental health awareness in the workplace training, bringing their insights and strategies into offices, shop floors and boardrooms. Mental health issues are often hidden at work. Managers and staff may be unaware what the colleague at the next desk or the other end of a Zoom call is going through and their need for understanding and support. The issue is particularly acute in Northern Ireland, which has the UK's highest rates of poor mental health. One in five adults here have experienced a mental health problem, 25% above England, and the costs to business are steep. Low employee productivity, absenteeism, high turnover, lost potential says Breeze, Samaritan's Outreach Volunteer for the Portadown branch. Samaritan's new training initiative, uniquely delivered by their skilled and rigorously trained volunteers, covers everything businesses need to know about supporting people at work. Employers will acquire the skills to engage with employees on a deeper, more productive level. Managers and supervisors are guided to feel confident and competent in spotting the signs having conversations and, above all, listening to staff. Employers do recognise the challenge and appreciate that staff are our most valuable asset, says Brendan Kearney, Regional Chair, FSB Northern Ireland. We are becoming more aware that by investing in mental health awareness, we can increase productivity. Samaritans has the experience and expertise to tailor mental health training to fit different ways of working and the advantages to business are immense, says Breeze. When you build a company culture centred on well-being and preventative, proactive care, it can improve staff resilience and retention. Creating that open, supportive culture also highlights the integrity of your organisation. Brendan Kearney concludes, what's good for your people is good for business. 
for details on Samaritan's Mental Health Awareness in the Workplace Training, contact Anita Cooley, Anita at red-revolution.co.uk. This programme is supported through the National Lottery. Outline plans for a house in Warringstown have been given the nod despite a number of objections concerning loss of existing amenity space, disposal of sewage from the site and what was described as blatant disregard for the preservation of historic trees. Last Wednesday, June the 7th, Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council's Planning Committee heard from a Mr David Best opposed to the development and from the applicant Mr Michael Hartnett who proposes to build one house on lands south of the number one the lawns. Planning officers reported that eight objections had been received from seven separate addresses but having considered the issues relevant to the outline application and having concluded that it met the policy test set out in the SPPS and other relevant planning policies, they recommended approval be granted. Opposing the application, Mr David Best told the committee that if the development, development was approved, it would likely set a perverse precedent where the developer could destroy areas of natural heritage. The applicant, Mr Hartnett, said in turn, that the area was part of the original 1992 plans for the lawns and he told the committee a tree sur survey was produced at the time highlighting the 150 year old trees on the site. He told the chamber those trees had been removed by builders on sites one and two without his permission a number of years previously and claimed the development of the site had always been in his plans. In the original plan he said that there was a drop curb put in for this site. It was never an add-on. At the end of the day, it was always conceived to be a site and that is why a drop curb was put in for entry to that site. Alderman Gareth Wilson asked how Northern Ireland Water had responded to the consultation on the application and heard it had lodged no objection. Alderman Gareth Wilson said he was content with what was before him, the planner's report, and was, as a result, happy to go with the recommendation to approve the application. He proposed accordingly seconded by Councillor Paul Duffy and the Chamber approved the proposal. Lurgan-born singer-songwriter Conleth Cain is getting the thumbs up from multi-million pound record producers as his latest release hits the market. Conleth, an award-winning campaigner for the LGBTQ community, has cut a fresh EP, a cover of the All Saints 2000 hit Pure Shores. The EP features three different versions of the number one record, a radio pop mix, a club mix and an unplugged acoustic mix, all produced by John Dixon at Seventh Heaven, which has produced and remixed for Steps, Melanie C, Sure, Jack Shears, Erasure and more. Conleth is ecstatic that the original producer of the All Saints classic, William Orbit, gave him the thumbs up. Now living in London, Conleth premiered the single recently at the Women in Sport Awards and made a return home for the GNI Magazine Awards in Belfast in April 2023. Conleth's debut album, Proud Live in London, debuted at a sold-out show at the Crazy Cogs in London's West End in October 2018. 
and shot to number two on the iTunes singer-songwriter charts in February 2019. In August 2020, he released his self-penned debut EP, which went to number seven on the iTunes singer-songwriter chart. He launched his latest EP, Just a Dream, at the Century Club in Soho in 2022. The record includes his song Proud, featuring the London Gay Men's Chorus and a cover of Melanie C's I Turn To You, plus more. Conleth went on an extensive promotional tour of the new record, including London's number one pop festival, Mighty Hoopla, Pride in London, Leeds Pride, Wembley Pride, Bradford Pride and Palmo Pride in Sweden. He has performed live sets of his own songs on BBC Radio London, BBC Radio Ulster and Cool FM. In 2017, her won the personal contribution to the LGBTQ plus community at the annual GNI Magazine Awards in Belfast, voted for by the public. He has toured his music all over the world, including Europe and Australia. Anyone caught fly-tipping in the borough could face a £400 fixed penalty in future if Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Council ratifies a recommendation from its Environmental Services Committee. At a meeting last Thursday, June 8th, committee members approved a recommendation to set the fine for fly-tipping at the maximum amount allowed under the relevant legislation. This after hearing from Interim Head of Environmental Health, Elizabeth Rainey, who explained the offence of fly-tipping was different to that of littering. Lurgan Councillor Mary O'Dowd welcomed the recommendation but asked what else the council was doing to stop fly-tipping. Craigavon Councillor Kate Evans asked if on availability of the council's bulky waste collection service perhaps led to an increase in fly-tipping. An officer said they were aware the service had been suspended but would get back to Councillor Evans with the latest information. This before suggesting a high turnover in rented properties was more of a problem than a lack of a bulky waste collection service. In these cases, the officer said, landlords don't even wait to log the bulky lift. They turn out the property so quickly. They set out the mattress and the bed and all of that. That ties back into Councillor O'Dowd's issue where we do have plans in place for those types of properties through the environmental wardens and recycling inspectors and across a number of different departments. It is not always the bulky collection issues that causes the fly tipping issues in these areas. Councillor Joy Ferguson asked if officers had any evidence to support their view that an increased fixed penalty notice would reduce the amount of fly tipping and suggested the solution required more than just a financial penalty. Ms Rainey said the officer recommendation had been made in line with other council areas but assured Councillor Ferguson that if members wish to go a different route that would be their choice. Fly tipping as outlined in the report is a premeditated type of behaviour and is not something that sticks to council boundaries. In conversation with officers from other council areas it is clear the regional approach is to recommend the maximum fine is introduced, but it is down to councillors' discretion as to how we proceed. Councillor Lavelle McElrath proposed the officer recommendation 
to introduce the £400 fixed penalty notice and his proposal was seconded by Alderman Paul Greenfield before the Chamber voiced its approval. If ratified at the Council's June 26th meeting, the £400 fixed penalty notice will be enforceable from August the 1st. Laughter is the loudest noise in the large Fitzone Foundation studio in Craigavon as a bunch of merry men enjoy the crack and banter at what must be one of the most well-attended local clubs. Full of great characters from across Lurgan, Craigavon and Portadown, the group of men aged 45 upwards know how to enjoy themselves and are up for all sorts of challenges and events. Former joiner Sam Canning, who's a shop steward at Moy Park, said he retired about four or five years ago and found an awful change. He added, for the nine months of lockdown, I was in isolation and I had bad breathing and asbestosis and COPD. I came over here for a bit of exercise. There's plenty of banter and there's the odd quiz too. Sean Collins, who set up the HIM men's group, explained that he would attend a lot of groups for older people, but the majority in those groups were women. Us men aren't that social, he said, so I thought there was a need for older men to get out. Health in Mind, which is HIM, was the name made up by my colleague, Sean McKeown. The aim was to get the men to come out, and it's any age. We have men from age 49 to over 80. They come out for a cup of tea and a chat, play games and get some education along the way with workshops, whether that is people doing talks and trips away. What I love to see is people they haven't seen in a long time and maybe used to live beside, sitting, chatting away and talking about the old times. Sean explained that at the start there were six men and they were always asking what they he was always asking what they wanted to do. They got bowls and scrabble, games the lads are very competitive with, he said. They have gone on trips to Dublin, Windsor Park and even Emerson's locally. We had omelette, scrambled eggs, bacon and soda bread this morning. And some of the guys are learning to cook and probably never cooked before because their wives did it. And now they're on their own. At least they're getting fed as well. Men of all ages are welcome. For more information, contact Sean on 07780 or the Fitzone Foundation, Unit 4, Legahory Centre, Legahory Craigavon, BT655BE. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Michaels for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Ken and Patricia. Our technician was Michael. And reading with me this week were Sarah, Patricia and Ken. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Jackie signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet using a post box and not post office counters. Sound News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production. Oh, oh, oh.